Grand Canyon University, a Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering over 200 engaging programs online. Praised for its culture of community, students build meaningful professional relationships with faculty who become partners in your success. GCU's online students received over $100 million in scholarships in 2020. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you qualify for. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It's the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, two great locations, James Street and Oswego Road in Liverpool. Classes are always starting, two and four-year degrees. It's a tremendous place to be right now. Academics, excellence, and athletics. BryantStratton.edu. Fill out that questionnaire right now and see what your future holds at Bryant and Stratton College. A big tip of the cap. Thank you as well to Axe Exotic Pets, Rosie's Corner, the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, and Camillus Golf Club. Still plenty of time to play golf here in the month of October. We've got an unbelievable stretch of days uh, in the great state of New York. So get on out there, play. It's perfect temperature, 70, 72 degrees, light breeze, some sun, comfortable uh, and uh, you can go play Camillus Golf Club since 1962, CamillusHillsGolfClub.com. 18 holes of spectacular golf, awesome greens, awesome food and drink after your round as well. Camillus Golf Club is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platform. Well, it is out major bookstores and online where books are sold. It's called You Are Looking Live, how the NFL today revolutionized sports broadcasting. One of the most important shows in the history of sports television. The forward is by Jim Nance and the author, of course, is Rich Podolsky. Rich, congratulations on this book. I can't wait to break it all down. What a show that was, how impactful it was. Uh, We still look back at that today, and uh, it's just a real treat to have you. I've really respected your work for a long time. How are you, man? Congrats again. Thank you. Uh, Things are great. Let's go. Let's start with how the NFL today came to fruition. What was going on behind the curtains in order to actually form the show, the personalities and all the rest, before anybody even knew the kind of impact that it was going to have? Well, CBS uh, Sports started uh, broadcasting the NFL in the early 60s, actually, the late 50s, when they uh, got the contract from the old Dumont television network that that kind of uh, went belly up. Um, And they uh, had a pregame show beginning in 1961. It started out 15 minutes with uh, Johnny Lujak, the former All-American from Notre Dame, and uh, they had various people hosting their pregame show over the years, including Jack Whitaker and uh, Pat Summerall. So um, it went from 15 minutes to a half hour. It had different names, the NFL Report. And eventually they settled on the NFL Today. And uh, before 1975, uh, except for uh, a short while in 74, all the pregame shows were taped days in advance, uh, and uh, 
CBS uh, uh, had basically the only pregame show in 1974. Uh, NBC didn't have one. Um, and ABC didn't have one for Monday Night Football. So uh, CBS's pregame was taped on Thursday nights. Um, there was nothing new that you saw on Sunday. They, they were almost unable to present any news or injury reports. Uh, there was no talk of gambling or point spreads then. Uh, about maybe the only thing they could have done was uh, tell you what the weather was at cer certain games. But it was, you were in the dark ages before 1975 as a football fan, if you wanted information on your team. There was no internet, there was no cable round the clock, uh, ESPN or anything like that, uh, giving you NFL information. Guys like Adam Schefter didn't exist. Um, you know, and when the NFL Today came on in 75, thanks to this guy named Bob Wessler, a young executive at CBS who came in uh, uh, earlier that year to take over the network sports division, he had this vision of not only going live, but breaking barriers. And he brought in Phyllis George as the very first woman on a, a live sports show like this. And then he brought in Irv Cross as the very first African-American on a show like this. And they wound up parting the Red Sea for women broadcasters and black broadcasters after them. The third co-host that Bob Wessler assigned was Brent Musburger, who Wessler knew from Chicago. Wessler had previously been the general manager of the Chicago's WBBM, which is a owned and operated by CBS. So he was very familiar with Brent's talents, but the country wasn't. Brent was uh, fairly uh, an unknown. He had done a little bit of CBS Sports Spectacular prior to 1975, but he had never done a show like this. And he was a natural at it. He was perfect. So the three of them came on the air in 75. A year later, they added Jimmy the Greek uh, Snyder to talk about gambling. Uh, that was a no-no for the, as far as the NFL was concerned. Uh, they didn't, Pete Rozelle didn't want it, at least publicly. He said he didn't want it behind the scenes. Uh, I'm pretty sure he realized that uh, having uh, somebody talk about point spreads would only raise the ratings of uh, the NFL games. But uh, so you had these four personalities live on the air. They, they were breaking through the camera that those personalities were so strong and America just loved them for it. The show won 13 Emmys its very first year, an unheard of amount. Uh, the ratings just were through the roof. Uh, there were lots of accounts of people who were changing their church going schedules to be home in time to see the show. As uh, Jim Nance pointed out in the uh, foreword of the book, and uh, it not only raised the ratings for CBS, it raised the ratings uh, and uh, the amount of people watching the NFL, and it helped the NFL overtake Major League Baseball as the country's number one sport. It's so cool. It's so fascinating. Um, you are looking live when Musburger, you know, did that right in the beginning of so many of his calls and. When did that phrase start, Rich? 
that that phrase came about early in uh, the 1975 season. They were having a production meeting, um, and they they had one every week. Uh, and it was Mike Pearl, the producer, Bob Fishman, the director, uh, Brent, Phyllis, Irv, and maybe a couple other people. And and in the meeting, Fishman said, "Well, he said I've got a couple of." buddies that like to bet on the games and they always want to know what the weather is at these places and Brent thought for a second and he said you know in in the beginning of every show when we open up and we show the stadiums I could say you are looking live at Soldier Field in Chicago or today the Chicago Bears and Walter Payton etc etc or you are looking live at that stadium in Philadelphia you know and that wound up being something that Brent said at the start of every show for the next 15 years. And it was really a tip off to the gamblers what the weather was. You know, broadcasters in history, you know, you, you think of Mel Allen and Cosell and you think of Enberg and you think of um, Jim Nance and Al Michaels and Costas and, and on and on it goes. But sometimes, Rich, and I don't know if you feel this way, people go down that line exactly how I just did. And it takes them 8, 9, 10, sometimes 15 guys before they even get to mentioning Brent Musburger. I think Brent Musburger is right there with any of those guys. I, he, is, he, he is so unbelievable with words. He captures you. Uh, I I can't wait to listen to his spots when he's on all these shows nationally. I met him at the Courier Dome a few years back, and I think he's one of the real great generational broadcasters and a, a guy who deserves to be mentioned with 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 all those others. Rich, what's your what's your Brent Musburger take in, in, in how he has been as a broadcaster, and he's still going. Uh, yeah, he's eighty three years old, and he's uh, still doing play by play. Uh, this year for the Oakland Raiders, um, and, uh, and which is so a good. Las Vegas yeah. team, and he's got his family has a Las Vegas business, wow. uh, sports information uh, uh, business for the betters out there. So um, uh, Brent uh, is, as Jim Nance pointed out, he's probably the greatest studio host of all time. Uh, and and really, who could challenge that? Brent was sensational. Uh, being the traffic cop on the NFL today. I mean, he, he would hand it off to uh, Phyllis uh, for a personality uh, uh, profile or hand it off to Irv Cross for uh, uh, some analysis on uh, or strategy on the games or to the Greek for a quick word about uh, who's favorite on the, on the games. Uh, and he was great, you know, meshing with all of them. And then at halftime, uh, especially in the uh, early games, he, he'd have to handle uh, highlights from eight different games at one time, you know, and they'd throw them at him one, one after the other. He never got a chance to see the highlight before it came on, and he just knew who everybody was. They'd count him down in his ear uh, how much time left for each highlight, and he would hit it right on the nose. <laughs> now, by the way, this show, NFL Today, was the very first show ever to show, ever to give the public halftime highlights. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine living in a world, Mike, <laughs> where, where 
where uh, you can't, other than you be able, the game that you're watching, you can't see what's going on in the other games. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. No break-ins uh, with this uh, touchdown or that touchdown. They they had highlights for the very first time, and it wasn't easy to do. Before that, if fan wa- fans wanted to see any highlights at all. Remember, there was no YouTube, no Internet. Mm-hmm. They had to wait until Monday night at <laughs> halftime when Howard Cosell would do a, a highlights of a few games, and he'd give it his dramatic call. He could go all the way, you know. So uh, you got to give CBS and NFL today a ton of credit for that too. Yeah, no doubt. Rich Podolsky, our guest here. The book is uh, is just it's amazing. You are looking live. Uh, Amazon.com online platforms where books are sold in your nearby bookstores. Uh, the forward is by Jim Nance. It's how the NFL today revolutionized sports broadcasting. And you know you bring up some unbelievable points, Rich, in terms of back then how you did, there was just no access and you had to wait for things and things were on tape delay and you know that was just the time it was that you know that 70s late 60s 70s 80s time and now it's I, I, these people these young folks who they have no idea and that's why i've said as a sports fan and i've been in media for i don't know 20 years now um which is long enough to know not a, as long as you've been in it but long enough to know some certain things, and I can compare decades now. I can compare when I was a kid. I, you know, I can see the evolution. I talk to enough people to get their takes on it. And where I'm going with this is, I think right now, and it's been this way for the last few years, and I don't think people realize it because they don't think about it every day because they're in the moment. Is it's never been better to be a sports fan from an access standpoint. I mean, people can't even imagine waking up in the morning and not going right to Twitter, right to YouTube, right to. NFL Network, right to wherever, and just, eh, there's an instant highlight. I just looked it up. I, I didn't watch a game for four hours. I'm good. I just got what I needed in a minute and a half. Let's move on with my day. You know, I, I think the access now has never been greater. I think it's I think it's probably the best time to be a sports fan. What do you think? It, you're, you're exactly right, Mike. You know, everything is right at your fingertips. Yeah, uh, so that that's why I try to let people know that back then it was the really the dark ages. I mean, yeah. you, you were, you were completely shut out as a sports fan and the NFL today was your only access to what was going on. Um, and it really did revolutionize sports broadcasting, but, but the book is about a lot more than that. It's about these four personalities that were bigger than life. Phyllis George, a former Miss America was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, she got, Married twice while she was on the show. The first time she got married, I mean, she started, she was only 25 years old. Uh, she, the first time she got married was to uh, a guy named Robert Evans, who was uh, the head of Paramount Studios and the producer of the Godfather film. And uh, that didn't go well. Uh, officially, they were divorced uh, six or seven months later, but she left him after two months, went back to mom and dad in Denton, Texas, and decided to take two years off of uh, working for the NFL today and CBS because she was so uh, upset with uh, her marriage. Uh, and then she she married, she met and married John Y. Brown, who uh, was uh, the owner of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And he was the one, he bought, he bought it from the colonel for $1 million dollars 
uh, and then he uh, franchised it all over the world. Uh, the colonel only had one restaurant, and the colonel complained that John Y. quote over influenced me to sell. <laughs> but the colonel only had one restaurant, and John Y. told turned it into thousands, yeah. and made and made hundreds of millions of dollars, and bought the Boston Celtics and the wow. Kentucky Colonels, and. Uh, he was he was a pretty interesting guy. Uh, Phyllis married him. They were very happily married for a long, long time. Uh, they had two kids, Lincoln and um, uh, I can't think of their daughter's name at the moment. Uh, she works for CNN. Uh, her, her last name is Brown. Anyhow, it'll come back to me. That's what happens when you you get up to my age. <laughs> it's all right. Um, it's already happening to me too. Rich story. But Phyllis was unbelievable. She did these personality profiles where she would get stuff out of these uh, players that nobody else could get because she was Phyllis George. She'd ask them questions that the producers didn't even think of asking. Pamela Brown? Uh, Pamela Brown, Pamela? yes. Thank okay. you very much. Yep. Yep. So Phyllis, Phyllis uh, in 19, the first season, asked Roger Stallback who was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and maybe the most conservative guy in the NFL, played for Navy, straight-laced. She asked him to compare himself to Joe Namath, the other star quarterback in the league. And he said, Joe is a swinging single, and I'm a happily married guy. Joe likes to have sex with a lot of women. I like to have sex, too, but with just one, my wife. And that went on the air. That that caused... Uh, Tremendous, tremendous uh, outcry of uh, fun uh, for anybody watching. Uh, it made headlines everywhere. And Phyllis, Phyllis George just knew how to get stuff out of people that nobody else could. She was terrific. She came across on camera like the girl next door. America fell in love with Phyllis George uh, right then. And uh, then you had Irv Cross, who was the hardest working guy uh, in in uh Pro football. He when he was still a player with the Eagles, uh, he would go to NFL Films, which was located in Philadelphia, and he'd hang out there every Monday and look at not just the film of the team he's look going to play the following week, but all the teams. He wanted to know what was going on in the league, and he uh, wound up helping them uh, NFL Films to isolate plays and players and. Uh, they really thought he was he was a genius when it came to this stuff, and they recommended him to CBS, and he became the first analyst on NFL games, even before Bob Wessler hired him for the live uh, pregame show, the NFL Today. And then, of course, you had the Greek, uh, who was bigger than life. He was already very, very famous when he joined the show. Uh, he had became famous in 1948 when he won a million dollars betting on Harry Truman to uh, beat Thomas Dewey, the governor of New York, to become the next president of the United States. Dewey was a 20-to-1 favorite because uh, <clears throat> Truman had taken over when Roosevelt died, and he had become unpopular for one reason or another. And it looked like Dewey was going to be uh, a shoe-in. Uh, and then one day, about a month before the election, the Greek was shaving and the Greek sister said to him, Jimmy, why are you growing a mustache? Don't you know that women hate mustaches? 
And he said, is that right? And then he looked at the front page of the paper and he noticed that Governor Dewey had a big black mustache. And he thought to himself, my God, if my sister is right, Dewey could lose. And he hired three women to go out in front of the local A&P in Steubenville, Ohio, where he lived, to uh, interview 500 women coming out of the store. Over 400 of them said they didn't like men with mustaches. And he wound up going to New York, uh, Lindy's Restaurant, uh, which was famous for its cheesecake. Uh, but that's where Damon Runyon and all the bookies in New York hung out. And the Greek spread around $50,000 to three different bookies, getting odds anywhere from 17 to 22 to 1. And he won a million over a million dollars, which in 1948 is probably more than a quarter of a, a billion today. Uh, and it didn't stay secret for long. Two nights later, Walter Winchell, who is the most powerful media person in the country, maybe the world, Walter Winchell went on his radio show, tapping his telegraph key and saying, good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Harry Truman wasn't the only big winner the other day. A young Greek boy from Steubenville, Ohio, 29-year-old Jimmy the Greek Snyder came home with over a million dollars betting on Truman. <laughs> well, after that, everybody knew who the Greek was. And uh, by the time he got to CBS in the mid-70s, he had a newspaper column uh, that was syndicated in over 300 uh, papers across the country and a radio show syndicated as well. So when he joined CBS Sports, he was maybe the most famous and most recognizable of them all. And uh, uh, he became even more famous for getting it wrong on Super Bowl three when he made the Jets a 17-point underdog than if he had gotten it right. So you had these personalities, and as the show became more and more popular and the ratings zoomed up uh, and... Uh, you know, they the salaries zoomed up with it. They all started fighting for airtime because there were only 22 minutes to share. And the Greek thought he was the one who was getting shorted on airtime. Uh, and he, he blamed Brent for that because Brent was kind of in charge while they were on the air. And it came to a head in October of 1980 when uh, the two of them uh, went at it, actually. There was a fight at a place called Pear Trees uh, in New York City, uh, where most of the people that, from CBS went after the shows on Sunday. And uh, one thing led to another, and uh, the Greek punched Brent right in the face, and it was front page headlines uh, the next day in the Washington Post, and uh, all over the New York papers as well. <laughs> Unbelievable stories. I, I have two quick ones, and I'll let you go. Um, what about some crazy... Uh you know, interviews that, that, that you did for the book. I, I'm always intrigued by that. You know, it, God, the work that, that, that you authors put into these books, is, it's mind-boggling to me. Um, I have so much respect for it. What, what were some, who were some of the kind of kooky characters you talked to in, in, in you know, in, in making this, uh, this book here, Rich? Um, well, I, I wouldn't call them kooky characters, but there, uh, I spoke to a few, uh, uh, ladies who worked for CBS Sports in the 60s and uh, early 70s to find out uh, what it was like uh, before 
uh, the time I was writing about. And the name of the first chapter is CBS Sports, that, and that's the way it was. Um, and they told, told me about days when there were only 25 people working for CBS Sports, and everybody drank, and the, there, were, there wasn't an occasion after work when they, they wouldn't be at a watering hole nearby. And uh, guys got in fights uh, at, at bars, and uh, uh, there, there were some kind of kooky, crazy things going on. There was one man named Jack Dolph, uh, who was uh, the, the head programmer for CBS Sports. He was a brilliant guy, but he had this problem that he liked to bet on the games, and he didn't do very well and every Monday the bookies came up to the lobby at CBS Sports and waited for Dolph to come out and pay them and it was the secretary's job to keep them away, keep the bookies away so that was a kind of a fun time and a time that you'll never see again Well, in the final minute I have left what do you hope people say when they get done with the book? I, I what, what do I hope they'll say? Um I hope they'll say that they really uh, had a great time reading it, that they loved all the stories, the backstories, that they learned a lot about uh, CBS and the broadcasting business, and that they uh, can appreciate uh, what they have today. Now, one one other thing uh, is that Bob Wessler, when he brought Phyllis George in, he said that the reason he wanted a woman on the show was because sports had become a male ghetto that there was all wall-to-wall men. And uh, Phyllis would change that uh, by improving the chemistry, not just bringing women to the set, but improving the chemistry of the show. Well, it's all wall-to-wall men again. It's a male ghetto all over again. If you look at the Fox pregame show and even the NFL Today on CBS, and uh, I I think uh, we need to take a, a step back into the past and uh, improve uh, the the, uh, the women uh, uh, coming on these shows. The only one that has has one that I really uh, think makes sense is on the Good Morning Football on the NFL Network with Kay Adams. She does a hell of a She's job. She's amazing. Yep. She does a hell of a job. So you know, I I think you know, there these show, shows today are. Uh, two in ten and squeezing everything in, uh, all sorts of highlights, uh, fantasy uh, numbers, uh, betting information. You know, it, it could use a little bit of a softer side, too. Oh, man, this was unbelievable. I can't thank you enough for coming on, Rich. Again, Rich Podolsky uh, here on the ML Sports Platter. The book is You Are Looking Live, How the NFL Today Revolutionized Sports Broadcasting, the forward by Jim Nance. It's very simple. It's about the genesis, success, and magic of a live television show that in 1975 captured the excitement of the country and launched four magnetic personalities to start him. Brent Musburger, Irv Cross, Phyllis George, and Jimmy the Greek Snyder. It's a piece of Americana. The book is out. It's amazing. The author is Rich Podolsky, and make sure that you do follow Rich on Twitter as well, at Rich Podolsky. Rich, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Email Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Please do download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We're brought to you by our good friends at Sit Means Sit Syracuse, Liverpool Physical Therapy, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Stanley Law Offices. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. A huge tip of the cap thank you to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program, as well as Heather Saxton. She is the official real estate 
salesperson of the ML Sports Platter. Fully licensed. She does a great job. Home is more than just a place. It's a feeling with Heather. Go get her on Facebook, Heather at Hunt. And uh, you can call her today. Buying and selling homes, it's a nightmare, right? It's stressful. It's time-consuming. Heather makes it really easy. She really does. 315-727-3313. That's 315-727-3313. Hit me on Twitter, at Mike L Sports. Another big tip of the cap. Thank you to Rich Podolsky. The book, amazing. Go grab it online where books are sold in your nearby bookstores. You are looking live. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Save a refreshing Coca-Cola while you delight in over 10 million twinkling lights and new holiday shows. Cherish the moments as you visit Santa and Rudolph and immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, tickets as low as $39.99. Hurry before prices go up. Restrictions apply. Mail's here. It's two minutes later than yesterday. And because you know it's six minutes earlier than the day before, you decided it was time to get back to work. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Get started now at CareerBuilder.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.